1: Empire.
2: You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports
1: scene.
3: You are listening to the urban sports scene. I'm Wole, and I'm your host, Will and Ray, are out. We are also part of Media at Ampiremedia.com. Amp, just to get, get through all the logistics, Ampire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders, Insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today, Insider Mike Jones. You can subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, tune in iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Make sure you you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. Like we're trying to do big things, I want y'all to hit the subscribe button. You know, hit and hit likes to to, to almost all of our videos. That does wonders for algorithms. So make sure you do that anyway. Um, this uh, show can be found on Podcast DC the local app with hundreds of options in local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Empire shows as well as other great content. Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at, um, at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Will T would normally say it, but I'm going to say it. Let's get into our tradition. The pregame. Here's what we have on tap. I'll recap the Commanders preseason game against the Carolina Panthers and preview their upcoming preseason game against the Kansas City Chiefs with three-point conversions, Karita Parks. Finally, at 8.35, host of The Real Deal with Damian Adams. And co-host of the third and three podcast, Damian Adams, will join me to recap Tiafimo Lopez, TK Owen, Pedro Campa, and then we'll preview Usyk Joshua too. All right, but first, right now, I have founder of Double Take Sports and Three Point Conversions conversions Washington Commanders reporter, Corita Parks on the line. What's good, Corita? Hello, what's up?
2: What's good? How you been? <laughs> been get been, been busy but I, definitely been good
3: that's good being busy is good you know what i'm saying it, it is, is after
2: dealing with the pandemic and not being that busy <laughs> I, oh hey I, I feel
3: you but you know look you're doing look, look I, I keep getting you're doing multiple things right now like i've seen yeah. you you're doing raving stuff now too
2: what yeah i'm, yeah, I'm <laughs> trying to slide in i know right slide on in. look man
3: <laughs> You, you, how does that work, you know, doing enemy territory, I guess, for certain fans, right? I like, guess for certain fans, <laughs> but
2: I am a neutral NFL reporter. So I
3: know that's right.
2: <laughs> I am not a fan of any team yeah. that I write about.
3: You know what I'm saying? Uh, FYI, I didn't want any smoke to your Facebook posts, man. I was agreeing with you. I just want you to know that. About oh, Deshaun no, Watson. I, I It was no, no
2: attitude. I just was just like, I, I hope I didn't like No, it. no, you did
3: I was joking around. But I, I hear
2: you. No. I totally
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I'm like, I, I agree with you. Everything you were saying, I was like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I agree with it. All right, but we're here to talk Washington, Commander. So, you know I mean I mean? We don't want to get into that. Don't give me on
2: my soapbox. Oh, we could. I
3: could be there with you. Because I, I can be there with you. You have no idea. You. you have no idea. I would be the, the, in terms of public opinion, I'm far on the other side of it. So it is what it is. All right, so last Saturday in their first preseason game of the year, the Washington Commanders fell to the Carolina Panthers 23-21. to 21. Uh, You were there covering the game. You were in the building. What stood out to you? Uh, what stood out most to you about the Commanders' performance?
2: You know, um, one thing that stood out to me is just their first – Series, uh-huh. they started a little slow um, on offense. And then even the defense was a bit slow as well. They allowed Baker to march down the field 53 yards. Um, so I did want to see them do a little better. And they did in the next few series. It was a very small sample size, uh-huh. but Carson went to Key. He- did what he needed to do in that short period of time. Obviously didn't like the Antonio Gibson fumble. uh I'm definitely rooting for him, but you have to hold on to the ball. You really do have to hold on to the ball. Um, Brian Robinson Jr. though, because I haven't been at training camp the way some um, of the other reporters have been, so I haven't actually seen what he can do, but I did like what I saw from him as well. Um, Let's what else? I mean, uh, I also did like what I saw from Sam Howe at the end. Yes, he yeah. was obviously playing with the like third string, but if you just look at him, if you just focus on him, yeah. he definitely has an arm. Yes, and he showed that he can use his legs. To me, he showed that he's a competitor. Yep,
1: great
2: So I liked seeing that too, and I, like I said, I haven't seen. I need to see more of Sam Howe, but I don't know if. Taylor Heineke is necessarily like safe in the. Maybe he is safe in the backup role in the sense that he's played in the NFL more than Sam Howell, but I still think it's something to watch.
3: I would hope that. Taking a Haneke's job isn't safe. Um <laughs> as, as, as the backup, I mean as the backup, I'm not here to knock anybody's job. I want everybody to keep their job, make their make their living or whatnot, but I would hope, you know, that, you know, from that from his play and from all, of this, all the all the words and the stuff we've heard out of camp that, you know, this dude is proving it. He's showing you in practice and he's proving it in games. I know I hate the I hate the whole thought um well he's doing it against third strings no one's asking him to start over over Carson Wentz like no one's saying right. that. like we can mm-hmm. pump our brakes with that no one is making that argument but I no do think, not at all but to what you just said I think it's valid like he's a baller like he's a gamer like you can see it like he has tools that you can say you know what he's not scared of the moment though you know it's it's still
1: right, a higher exactly. level
3: from college ball right you're playing against guys who are better than college college football players so you are playing to another level and you kind of are, you're, you're flourishing and you're doing things that look good as a quarterback. Like you're mm. being accurate. Um, You're throwing the football on the money. You're making plays. You know what I mean? Like, those are things that will translate. Oh, no, is, is that going to say that you're going to be the next Tom Brady? No, but you know who played good in preseason against third stringers, Russell Russell Wilson? And what happened? He became a starter and he became Dangerous. a yeah, exactly. And Dangerous. became a pro bowl starter and a super bowl winner. <laughs> they're they're a play, but listen, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Kareta.
2: Sam, how he brought life into the crowd, yeah. Agree. I mean, that was the i. So much time he went by because it's the like first quarter, it had been quiet for a while because uh-huh. nothing was happening. we like 26. But I right? don't even think that the crowd was that loud when the starters were out there. Like, he brought excitement, uh-huh. he did. And the crowd was definitely into it when he, when they started seeing him make it some place. To your point, nobody's saying, Start him over Carson Wentz, not at all. Yeah. But I do think that there is a possibility he could slide into that backup role a little earlier than maybe he anticipated. Yeah, if we. If, if
3: I heard Coach Rivera. Uh, Coach Rivera came out and said like every position is is competition. competition. Like that's a lie, but still, whatever. Uh, <laughs> it is a lie. Like certain, if that was the case, then certain people wouldn't even have jobs. Um, well
2: I, I do have one more positive, and it was very brief. It uh, was very brief as well because. I said the starters were not out there long, uh-huh. but I did think on the defensive side, um, the secondary looked pretty good yeah. for the for the brief second that they were out there, which is which is progress from last season uh-huh. because they were having a lot of communication issues, yep. but they looked to be more in sync.
3: Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you since you, I mean, you're in you're in the press box. What was the vibe of the press box about their performance? Did people feel good? Did they feel like all right, same old, same old? Like, what was the total vibe of it?
2: I don't think people felt like same old, same old. Uh-huh. I, I think it was neutral, to be honest.
3: Okay.
2: I, I didn't feel like they felt like same old, same old, but I don't think they were overly impressed either. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I, I think it was kind of like, uh, okay, I think people need to and want to see more. Okay, but yeah, nobody was over impressed or overexcited. Because especially, like I said, that, that first half, uh-huh. or so, you know, it wasn't a lot to happen. Yeah. You know, so there wasn't a lot to really go off of and be like, oh, this this team is going to be different.
3: Yes, I agree. It didn't look, look different. It didn't look, look different as a spectator. You know <laughs> it didn't saying? look that as a, different. As an individual watching different. the game, it didn't look, look that different. I'm it be, didn't be, I'm look that,
2: that different. I, like I said, I didn't like how, you know – I just didn't like the slow start uh-huh. on both sides of the ball. Uh-huh. But especially when I think about how this offense has started slow for the past few years. Uh-huh. So to me, that wasn't necessarily a good sign. I hope to see something different. I know we'll talk about it later. I hope yeah. to see something different next preseason game. But wasn't bad. Just, just wasn't overly impressive either.
3: Yeah, just, I, I, you're being nice. It's okay. It wasn't great, um, but at <laughs> end, like I do. But I'm with you though. Like you can still pick certain things out of preseason, certain performances, yeah. and and I felt like to me, Sam Howell looked good. My issue, and you know, we're gonna get to Gibson. I think that's an and that's something we do definitely have to get into. But um, I do want to say like the special teams thing. Like that's this is a consistent theme now. Like missing an extra point and missing it the way he missed it. Uh, and you know, yeah, right. you know what I mean, like, and the kickoff returns, the punt returns, they—it wasn't anything special, like, and I'm no pun intended, um, but this team, like, that has to be situated, like, Ron has yeah. to get that situated. I said this when it happened, you know, when um, in the off season when they didn't try to bring back DeAndre Carter, I was like, I don't know why, like, you're not bringing this kid back. He's he's not expensive, and he was a really good return man for you, and you decided not to bring him back. And the options that you brought the, the options that so far, and I know it's a it's a slim sample size that we've seen in the preseason in that first preseason game, those dudes weren't impressive at all <laughs> <laughs> just saying
2: and you know I think as as fans, they want to see progress yes you don't have to be spectacular in no. the preseason, everybody knows you're not going to be. Uh-huh but you want to see some progress you know and I saw a little bit in certain areas it's like you said in certain areas Mm -hmm. so I think the real deal we'll be able to really tell after this next game
3: yeah hopefully we're gonna see something something different (laughs) (laughs) but yeah Karita you meant you mentioned Antonio Gibson Gibson Mm -hmm. fumbled again Saturday it looks like he's been demoted and uh, and he was seen practicing as a punt and kickoff returner in practice uh do yeah. you think gibson can get back to good graces with coach Rivera and the team
2: i think he can but it's it's like actions right yeah if he holds on to the ball if he does not fumble the ball in key situations and yes, he can, but it has to also be consistent. Uh-huh. Can't just, You know, he has to show a consistent ability to not fumble the football. He's in his third year at this point. Uh-huh. It should not still be such a prevalent problem. I don't know if he's in his own head or what, and that's possible, or what it is, but I think patience is very thin. Or also – Sometimes I think about it cuz they they kind of they converted him to a running back. Yes. But that's I'm thinking that's probably not his strength. Wide receiver is probably more of his strength than running back. So I do think he's struggling a little bit with that transition. Yeah, I agree. He you know, he's made some strides, but I don't think that's naturally where he shines. Uh-huh. And they're trying to they tried to make him into something that he's not necessarily meant to be. But it gave him a spot on the team also (laughs) because they're wide receivers. They always have like an abundance of wide receivers. Uh But yeah, I think he has to show the consistent ability not to turn the ball over. I think definitely patience is thin because even his third year, patience is also probably thin because Ron Rivera knows the microscopes on him. You got to show that you can, that this team can be good and also be good enough to go to the playoffs. And also, you have to show that. The money you spent to bring Carson Wentz in was worth it. So there's, I think, there's a lot of underlying pressure around this team, especially in coach Rivera. So I think patience is going to be very thin with mistakes.
3: Yeah. I just think, you know, he's showing you a track record of fumbling and, you know, I don't want to pile on him because, you know, obviously he's trying and he's trying hard, you know, yeah, I mean? he is. And, and
2: that's the tough position to be in. When you have all this public scrutiny and everything. social
3: media and everything. Right. And people adding you and whatnot and whatever, but mm-hmm. like, but you like uh, this, this team chose violence, you know what I mean? I like using that term, but they chose violence because you, like you said, they, they changed the wide receiver to a running back. and It wasn't like he played a run, played running back in college. And yeah, he may be a gifted runner with the football in his hand in college, but it's a different animal when you're telling the wide receiver to play running back in the NFL and trying to make this kid a top of the level. But the they don't
2: even use him as exactly, they don't even use him like in the same way as they use JD McKissick, which would seem like you kind of would. Yes, that's Because what I'm saying. he was a wide receiver. Agreed. So it's like they, they're making him, they're trying to make him into like a uh, Adrian Peterson type runner. Agreed. Right. Agree.
3: So, like, so this is my thing. This is why I don't blame Antonio Gibson. Um, I don't blame him. I think this this organization, and I mean, this regime, because they drafted him and they, they wanted to utilize him this way, they've, mm-hmm. they've set him up for failure. And if he succeeds, it would be totally on him, right? Uh, to me, because you're put, you're not even using him to his strength, like what you just said. You're not putting him outside and get to get met, uh, matchups against linebackers. You're basically trying to make him into a a, a bruising style running back, which mm-hmm. makes no sense. Like get this kid in space, let him make moves. Because I had this discussion with a couple of my friends. They were like, "Well, he's not even like." You know, when he gets an open field, he's not that fast. He gets caught. I'm like, no, nah, he could. Every once in a while, when he's in open space, he'll show you his speed. Like he's very fast. I think it's the Cowboys. He had one long run. I think in the on the screen and against against Buffalo, he definitely had one last year against mm-hmm. Buffalo. So he has that. He his speed his speed is legit. Like it is legit speed. But you got to get him in space. And if you keep trying to you know grind him and ride and ride him. You know to get like four or five yards no get this dude in space get him a, get him a, in the screen game get him in the passing game So he'll get some mismatches against uh linebackers you mentioned uh Mckissick use him that way or use him like the Saints use kamara like
1: mm-hmm. use him
3: that way but you're using him in a way where you're like you're you want this kid to, like you're you're putting him in the best situation to fail
2: <laughs> so, you know, but Ron Rivera doubled down on that in his comments after the game in the press room mm-hmm. he said Antonio's gotta run hard when he runs straight ahead you, you know that's when he's at his best mm-hmm. so they're not changing their mindset on the type of runner they want him to be or are trying to make him be
3: well you better be running Gibson then cause, I, mean, I mean I mean, Robinson <laughs> Robinson then cause then you like again you won't get the same thing what's the definition of, of insanity Karita?
2: <laughs> doing the same thing and
3: over you, and over. There, there you go. <laughs> be as stubborn as you want to, but be just be just be known that you're going to be defined as in, insane. You know, do what you want. Be stubborn, but you're you're defined as insane by doing that because you're setting that kid up, and you're definitely putting your ball club in a, in a place where it's going to be hard for them to be successful. So,
2: but mm-hmm. I'm I'm rooting
3: for Gibson too. I don't want him like. I hope he doesn't lose confidence. Yeah,
2: I like him, and I think that he is a. I don't think, to your point, I don't think it's his fault. I mean, I think he's doing the best he can. Yeah. But that's just, like I said, I don't feel like that's his natural ability. Mm And when you're doing something that's not natural to you, you can only succeed so much. Yeah, so...
3: Man, hopefully it gets out of his head. I do think it's mental, too. I do think Mm -hmm. it's a little
2: mental. It gets gets to be mental at a certain point, and I think that's where we are right now.
3: Definitely. All right, so you mentioned Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was 10-for-13 for for 74 yards, leading the team to a touchdown drive where the rookie Robinson Jr. ran for a touchdown, but what was your your overall thought process of his performance?
2: I thought Carson Wentz did what he needed to do. He Uh was he was efficient. He had a couple of overthrows, but nothing yeah. too, nothing too major to be expected. But you know, I think people wanted to see him be accurate, and he was accurate. Uh-huh. Um, people want to see him make good decisions, and he was able to do that. I mean, it's interesting because Carson Wentz, he is a a veteran at this point, a veteran quarterback in this league. Yeah. So it's like we got the microscope on him like he's a backup. And and I get it because Carson Wentz has been a little inconsistent since his injury and you don't really know what you're going to get. (laughs) But I think if you can get confident Carson Wentz, who doesn't make silly mistakes, Uh you'll be fine. And, I mean, I saw him, like I said, he seemed to be that on Saturday. Yeah. But it was a short time period. Yeah. I'll, but yeah, I feel on. like I feel satisfied with what
3: I saw. I'm with you. I like what Carson did. I was I was impressed. I, I mean, he was accurate. I mean, he was going to mm-hmm. the tight ends. I mean, yeah, like you said, he missed a couple passes, but some of them, one scary uh, McLawren, they didn't call it. But it was a pass interference. They didn't call it. And the other one was, um, you know, he overthrew Jahan Dotson. Um, mm-hmm. I thought he was fine. Um, I thought he, if he can play that way, uh, I think that they have something there. Um, yeah. You know, she's got to utilize him I mean, correctly. You got to utilize him correctly. But I was, oh, I wasn't, not to say, like, I was, whoa, like, highly impressed. But I was <laughs> satisfied. Like, I, th- I, was, I thought he was good. I thought his performance yeah, was, was good. Yeah, I was
2: satisfied. I didn't see anything alarming. Uh-huh. Um, no, no concerns. I just think it comes down to his his decision-making uh-huh. in certain situations. Because, you know, we saw him implode. Yeah. When he played the Jaguars last year, I think I. You I know he's going to mention Jacksonville. I knew he was going
3: to do that. I knew he was going to mention Jacksonville. I knew he going to mention Jacksonville. Well,
2: you know why? Because <laughs> I think it's so ironic that that was his, like, <laughs> the game that just, like, put the nail in the coffin. I think it's
3: crazy. I know. I'm with you. For that's
2: him good. with Indy, and then, like, that's his first game <laughs> in Washington, you know, who, yeah. who only plays the Jaguars every three years. Yeah,
3: this is. Yeah, it's wild, right? Like, He got oh, some demons, I, man. Yeah, he got some he demons kind of He got head some head. dragons to slay, man. He got some dragons to slay.
2: Yeah, you exactly. I mean? He better come out prove yourself. Yeah. But he got but on the other side, it just depends on how the Jaguars are. I don't know how they're gonna be. Oh, yet but you got Doug Peterson who yeah. knows Carson Wentz inside and out. That and too. one thing I will say about that Doug too. Peterson is he's an aggressive minded coach. Sure is. He was like that in Philly. He's very aggressive-minded, so I'm sure he's going to be having something for Carson.
3: <laughs> look, I'm going to tell all Washington fans who, you know, look at Jag- the Jaguars as an easy team. That team is talented because they've drafted you – no, know, they've drafted – they've been – when you're a bad team, you draft first-round picks all the time, like high-quality mm-hmm. first-round pick picks, and they got talent. Like, I love Trevor Lawrence. I just thought that Urban Meyer was just a horrible dude for him. He I think absolutely horrible. horrible. I think Trevor Lawrence is one, will be one of the better one of the best quarterbacks in the league once. Uh, and, and I think he's with the right coach. Like I think this coach is perfect for him. I think um yeah, it's perfect for Trevor Lawrence. You know what, Etienne's gonna Etienne's back. I know. I always say like after your, when you when you tear ACL, it's not going to be the the following year. the year after that with, for you to have your real season. But he's still talented, um, and then you got some 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 nice young pieces on on defense and Allen and whatnot. So I think this team, the Jacksonville, they Jackson,
2: Jones, they used him in the first preseason preseason game. They had him in there a lot, so I feel like there's something they want to do with yeah. him and Trevor Lawrence. Um, they want to definitely they're definitely trying to build that chemistry yeah. up. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting because I'm not going to lie, I have. I had very low expectations. And in there for yeah. yeah. In the first preseason game, I was very surprised how well they moved the ball. They did struggle a little bit in the in on the red zone. Yeah, but, but I was very surprised my, at how well they moved the ball down.
3: He could if Doug Peterson can win with Nick Foles, he can definitely win with Trevor Lawrence. That's the yeah, other let, right. let, that right.
2: let me put it that way. Let me That's a good point. Let me let me
3: put it that way. You know, and That's you know and, and he was doing good with Carson until Carson got hurt. So just let you was, know yeah, that yeah. you know it ain't gonna be as sweet as everybody thinks it is when they see Jacksonville. Just if they if it is <laughs> if it, it it ends up being sweet, then that means Washington got something. I'm gonna be honest with you because Jacksonville <laughs> won't be like I don't think Jackson Jacksonville' the biggest pushover like people say. There is a lot of talent on that side on that football team. Well, know. they
2: only have last season to go off. Yeah, of all you, that's, and, and you know nobody's paying attention well, to them they,
3: in the preseason. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Well, people said the same thing about the Bengals, and look what happened. I'm not saying they're gonna be that extreme, but you know what I mean. Like they said the same things about same thing about the Bengals. They end up winning the the division, well, winning the winning the A- AFC and going to Super Bowl. Did they win the NFC uh, the AFC North? Did they win the division too? The uh-huh. Bengals, yeah, they won the division too. Yeah. So yeah, they can say whatever. There was talent. There's talent there, so it is what it is. You're listening to the urban sports scene right now. I'm chatting with founder of Double Take Sports and Three Point Conversions, Commanders reporter Corita Parks. All right. So Saturday, you talked about. We just get right into it. Saturday, the Commanders travel mm-hmm. to Kansas City to take on the to take on the Chiefs. This should be the dress rehearsal game. I think Coach Rivera came out and said the starters will probably play a half. Um, uh, but yes, he to, did. Your, to your So is that a good move for this team to play for this team for the starters to play a half? Would you? Is that what you were thinking yeah,
2: before you think said so. it? You gotta. I think it's time. Uh-huh. You, you know, we we can't do the sample size no more. We need to really uh-huh. see what we're working with, especially because you only have three preseason games. This, now yep. it's not the four that it used to be. Uh-huh. So no, we need to see what we're working with at this point. And my understanding is the Chiefs are playing their starters for a half too. So I want to see our starters against <sighs> some other starters especially, I know, <laughs> especially the Chiefs. The Chiefs starters are going to be, because, yes, they don't, you know, they don't have Tyree Hill no more or whatnot, but they still have Patrick Mahomes and they mm-hmm. still have enough gas. They got Travis Kelsey. They still got enough weapons on that team. So I think that this will be a really good test and we'll really be able to see what we're working with. And I want to see the defense, too, because they were a little soft to me. I mean, I know it's preseason, so he ain't trying to, like,
3: Oh no you're, right. no, you're right. No, you're right. No, you could tell. You could tell with defense. Like, uh, this is what Carita. I'm. I'm be real with you. You could tell what defense looks soft in the preseason. You could tell that they played the way Washington played against um the Panthers. That defense. That defense looks soft. So, yeah, that's I'm what I'm you know. saying. Yeah, so I
2: need to see them on the field longer uh-huh. because that's not gonna work. Especially when this is supposed to be this. We have touted this defense oh, for my God, so Kari, long. I
3: know. Long. I know.
2: <laughs> for so long, it's been the same story, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I wish you. Believe me. Except for that season, Rivera's first season, I yes. think they showed. You know, they showed some. The They're like a top three defense that, defense that year. Expected from yeah. them, mm-hmm. but I didn't see that really last season. So yeah, I mean, I think it's important. And if you also fired your D line coach. <laughs> I need to. I need to know
3: why. I need to see it on the field. <laughs> All right, I, that's what I, I'm like. I, I mean, you can people. We could take whatever you take out of it. Like the D-line coach being fired. I mean, I, I think that him and Jack Del Rio had issues in terms of like schematic issues. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying personal, but schematic issues. And well,
2: that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> I, I do feel like it had to do with like. Play, style of play, yeah. play yeah. I definitely think that. Yeah. But that's what I mean. I want to see if if making that move is is that going to make a difference? Are you trying to be more aggressive, or what? What are we trying to do? Here?
3: I think this is like this is. I'm I'm sure I'm wrong, so I'm not going to act like I'm right. <laughs> so anybody out there, like you, you, you just you. I mean, how do you know? I'm telling you, I'm sure I'm wrong. Uh, but <laughs> my opinion is that you know, Del Rio wants to play his style of football, which is probably. I mean, he's a he's a coordinator. If I'm going off consistency, I don't think he likes to blitz or show any pressure or do anything, you know, crazy. And I think that, you know, Sam uh, Sam Mills the wanted to be more exotic in certain things in terms of his how he wanted his guys to rush. So, mm-hmm. and then that's how it kind of worked out. And I think that Jack Del Rio won. So, to my to in my opinion, if we get the same old same old, then you know who fault it is. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's gonna show. It's hundred percent gonna show on the field. We are gonna find out yeah. one way or another. That's the
3: blessing about football sports, right? You're gonna find out. It's going. You have yeah. to play. You have to play. So <laughs> we're gonna find out. That's the blessing of sports. That's what I love about it. But yeah, I'm with you. I think they should. You know, I'm glad that they're playing the whole half. Um, I I was surprised at how much they played in the first game. I was happy that Rivera coached that way. Uh, had yeah. like, the first team offense play until they did something positive, and then the defense played a little longer than than I expected. So I'm happy. Like I like that. I think you got to stop. I making do agree it. with that. Yeah. Like
2: you gonna play until you, you get show me the something. <laughs> you gonna show me
3: something. Like this ain't Club Med. You gonna show me something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So I'm glad with that. So Karita, So who for you? Like from watching the first, the first, the first preseason game and hearing all the reports, you know, and whatnot. Who to you? Needs a good showing Saturday.
2: Hmm, that is a good question. Um, you know, it's funny because it's it's like you don't really hear much about the guys who were on the bubble. Uh-huh. And I hate to say it, just from the storylines that came out of the first game. Yeah. I definitely think Antonio Gibson needs <laughs> yeah, a, a, a good, yeah. good showing. Uh-huh. I think we also saw a better, you know, J. Jamin Davis. I heard he's guy though. Concerned
3: about him? They gassing him up right now. I like Jamin, so again, that's another guy I like. But I heard they, I mean, but I, I,
2: right, and he and he had a a positive game. Mm-hmm. So I want to see that again.
3: Yeah. Um. But which I want to see Jamin do special things. I don't want him just to be a guy, though. I'm with you, but I want him to do something special. That's the guy I want to see. I'm with you on that, though. I'm with you with James. There's
2: also been a lot of talk about Armani Rogers. I think he's the guy on the bubble. Okay. I
3: didn't know that. Um, this, is this is good. This is good. It's good It's good. intel. Go ahead. Continue. So...
2: <laughs> you know, I think, you know, he probably needs to show a little something. I think they like him, but, uh-huh. you know, you have so many spots. Yeah. But that, that, that's what I would say... Because, yeah, just based on, like, what I saw Saturday and the stories that came out of the game. I mean, there wasn't a lot of talk about Jamin Davis, I'll say that. But that was just an observation of mine.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. I think Jamin, Jamin, I want to see Jamin do something special. I think he's okay. I just want to do something special. Exactly. I I want, uh... I'm with you about um, Gibson. Obviously, yeah, he needs to ball out, and he's gonna be look like he's gonna be doing some kickoff returns and, and um, punt returns. So maybe mm-hmm. he'll, just, he'll do something special there. Um, <laughs> uh, and then, you know, to me, I, I gotta feel confident as a fan, and or when I, I gotta feel confident about the kicking situation. So I need to see uh, yeah, slide like show me something. I need to see Joey slide show me something. I need I need to know that he makes every extra point. Let's start there. I like to start small. Every extra point. Make every extra point. Um, then, you know, I want to see you boom a 45-plus field goal. Then I know, all right, you know what, this is a guy he that, did. you know, could be it. Because he looked the part, you know, I think everybody gets fixated because he's like a tough dude. Like, he's like a tough dude for a kicker. And, like, everybody gets fixated. He like he lifts weights you know what I'm saying? Like, you know <laughs> and whatnot. He fit the part. Like, I you know care. what? Tough I, guy. Need you to make my- I need you to kick I don't <laughs> care if you fat and flabby. I didn't need you to make a kick. I don't care what it is. Like I don't care if you ju- if you like you taking shots of seventeen thirty eight and then getting ready to kick a field goal. Like as long as you make it, I don't care. You can be my best friend. Like just make the freaking kick. You know what I'm saying? So I wanna see I wanna see like him consistently step up there and make kicks. Um I want it, to me like most important. This is the most important thing for me. I just need the defense to show me that they got some aggression. Like I want them to be ruthless. I want them to be cutthroat. They need that type yeah. of mentality. I need that mentality from this defense.
2: hmm And you know, not because he had a bad game, but Carson Wentz does need to have a good game. I agree. Because there's still that slight skepticism that people have mm-hmm. about, like, you know, what are we really getting? And I think this is an opportunity to. At least show us more than he was able to on Saturday.
3: Well, it can definitely happen. He needs it needs to happen ASAP for Carson. Carson needs to show out mm-hmm. ASAP because um, darn it, I need that from Carson. <laughs> yes, we do. I, I, need it, I need it from Carson. Hey, Karina, thanks for being on. Before we let you go, please let our listeners know how they can find you on social media and how they can catch you know your multiple podcasts because you're a star. Ooh,
2: <laughs> right. So you can catch me on social media. At Double Take Sports. That's A, that's at DBL Take Sports. Also at Karita C parts. That's my personal handle. You can find my commander's work on the 3 pointconversioncom and all of my other sports writing on Dbl Take sports.com And when the Wizard season pops back off, which is coming around soon, <laughs> you can catch the triple dub. W podcast. I love it. Yes, I yeah. but listen, they like the They released a schedule yesterday. I was like, oh gosh, we here again.
3: And you know, y'all here. You ready? It's it's about to go down. Woo, you know what I'm saying? Y'all may ready. see. You may be at the game with John Wall versus the Wizards. Ain't wouldn't that be? Oh, that's the game to be already. Just, I'm, yes, I'm, that'll be the first
2: ooh, one with fans. So ooh, you know, he gonna be lit. The yeah, fans, they gonna, gonna be, lit. be lit. lit. They gonna
3: cheer that man all the way. Yeah, all excited, the way, Brad. You better have a good game in that game because he's gonna get he going get he gonna get it. He will get dragged if he if he don't have a good game and John Wall fries in that game. He's going to get dragged. And I hope they give
2: him like some sort of tribute. I can't remember if they did that last time, but they need to give him a. tribute. They got give him a real tribute,
3: like a real tribute. Yes, like a he real
2: deserves tribute. a tribute in front of fans. Definitely. He held y'all down for years. Definitely.
3: Hey, Karina, thanks for being on. Appreciate you. We gonna have you on the game. No, we are gonna chop it. You know, maybe we we'll talk some Baltimore Raven stuff. You never know.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm trying to take over. <laughs> I see you. I see
3: you. All right, Karita. You stay blessed, all right. All right, you see. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Again, you can catch Karita on Twitter, and that's at Karita C parts. That's at Karita C Parks. All right, host of the real deal uh, with Damien Adams and co host of the thir- of the of the third and three podcast, Damian Adams will join me to talk boxing after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports saying, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. for Aegis Yiddig Deuces. Man, you are listening to the urban sports scene. I am, I am Wole, and we are part of Amp Empire Media at AmpireMedia.com. You already know the homies, Will T and Ray GZ are out, but right now we have host of the Real Deal with Damian Adams and co-host of the Third and Three podcast, Damian Adams. What's up, my man? And I'm glad to have you back to the urban sports scene, dude. <laughs>
0: Uh, man, thank you for having me all, man. I really appreciate it. Uh being reinvited is always special, man. Because I did a decent job the first time
3: around. Oh man, a great job. You know we were chopping it for so long on the last show. I think we did like a good forty-seven minutes.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know
3: what I mean? So it was everywhere. So I had to get you back mm-hmm. on, man. But this is this is this, this time we're gonna talk directly with the topic. We got boxing. It's a big it was a big week of boxing and you know, upcoming week of boxing as well. So let's talk that's 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 chop it. All right, so Alexander, let's start with the, what's coming up. Alexander Usyk, uh puts his WBA, WBO, and IBF heavyweight world titles on the line in a rematch against former champion Anthony Joshua on Saturday, Saturday in Saudi Arabia. Who do you expect to win the match, I mean, win the fight, and why?
0: Oh, man, this is going to be a really good fight. Uh, the first time around, it was a very close fight and a very good boxing match. Mm-hmm. I think this will be just as good. I do think that Oleksandr Yusick will win again. Uh, the reason I think he'll gonna, he's going to win is that he's already felt the power of Anthony Joshua. Yeah. So now he knows that he can take that power, and he's the better boxer. Uh, what I saw in that first fight,
1: yeah, what I saw in that
0: first fight is that his his uh, his boxing IQ is so, so high, yeah, right? Yeah. And he did a great job in that ring of making sure that Anthony Joshua didn't get to use his size to his advantage. Uh-huh. So for those who are listening who aren't big-time boxing fans, Anthony Joshua has always been heavyweight. He probably was over 200 pounds since he was a teenager, yep. right? Uh-huh. And Olazani Usyk moved up from cruiserweight. So he's has been naturally heavyweight. And he used that being naturally small to his advantage by moving side to side, painting in and out of the pocket. He did a lot more movement than you'd normally see from heavyweight. Yeah. And that really threw Joshua off with the movement and the boxing and he was able to take advantage of that and land a lot. He hit Joshua the most Joshua's ever been hit in a boxing match in that first fight. And I think that we're going to see adjustments from Joshua. He's going to be more physical. He's going to try to impose his will a bit more uh-huh. in this fight. But I think Yusick is so smart in that ring that he'll be able to adjust to the adjustments that Joshua makes. So I think that will be a very good fight. But I have Usyk winning by decision. I would say maybe like 116, 112, somewhere around that range. A good fight. But you, could, but you'll see that Usyk is the winner. Because
3: yeah, the boxer always wins. Typically, always wins. Um, mm-hmm. It's crazy because you know the first fight. Because I'm, 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 I'm an Anthony Joshua fan, right? So I'm honest. Like I'm an Anthony Joshua yeah. fan. But I know, I know the greatness of Usyk. Like I know it. Like I don't, I didn't even like. I told folks this fight scares me because this dude is more. He's more skilled. He's one of the best boxers in the world. You know what I mean? You just a cruiserweight, right? But he's mm-hmm. one of the best boxers in the world. And skill. Sometimes, if you can take the punch, skill beats out. You know a power, you know, and when he can move and he has good footwork, so I wasn't surprised what happened in the first fight. R- wasn't surprised at all. Like I even said, like if I told, this is my, this is my, was, this was my prediction. If it went the distance, Usyk was gonna win. Like he was gonna win. If it and then it wouldn't be that, and then it wouldn't be close. If it was, if it was early, if it was a stoppage, it was Joshua. Same thing. This is gonna the same yeah. thing's gonna apply here too as well. If it goes the distance, it's Usyk. If it's stopped early, it's Joshua. But I still think from what I saw in the first fight, I still think it's gonna be I think Usyk still has, you know, he has a nod. I think Usyk is the best. I think Usyk is one of the best boxers in the game, period. You know what I mean? I think because we are in the heavyweight division, we don't give people their flowers, but he's one of the best boxers in the game, period. The same way we thought we talk about Lomachenko, we can talk about Usyk for, for heavyweights. Because his footwork is great, he gets in angles, he gets he he gets your feet flustered because he's moving. Um, and heavyweights, heavyweights aren't used to guys who move like that. I mean, everyone sees that you know Fury can move, but this is a different level of movement, right? This guy is like, this guy yeah. is fluent. He's more fluent than uh than Fury. Now the power, yeah, obviously the power is not going to be the same of, as an Anthony Joshua or a Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder or King Kong Ortiz, you know, folks like that. But still, it's it's good enough where you know if he can catch you, you know, a surprising punch can knock you down just as, just like a power punch can. So. To me, he's a type of he's a type of dude that's a problem. Um, I actually think he's the best heavyweight, period. And you can put, you know, I don't even care for Tyson Fury. I think he's better than Tyson Fury. That, that's my opinion. We can go any which way with that. But I do think that I agree with you. I think it is, if I have it, you know, one sixteen, one twelve, maybe one seventeen, one eleven, something like that. Um, because if it goes a different distance and Joshua can't knock him and knock him down or can't catch him, and he fights the same fight. Then I don't see anything different. But he Joshua would have to really take a lot of risk and try to maul him to win this fight. He would really have to kind of. He has to show his power. He has to show his his aggression and be the bully on the block. But I'm not sure that's his style though. And plus, Joshua's chin, even as we talk about Usyk's lack of power compared to Joshua, Joshua's chin isn't isn't strong. So I don't even know he's gonna want to even go all in, go all in the deep waters with that. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, no, I definitely hear what you're saying. I think Joshua doesn't have a choice though. I know. He has to go in <laughs> yeah. and try and try to and try to bully him. Like yeah, he has yeah. to go in and try to bully Usyk around. Because the first time around, when they first fought, I went back and rewatched the fight last week. Uh-huh. Usyk's back. Only touched the ropes one time during
1: I know, the fight. Barely. <laughs> in
0: the, yeah, in the ninth in the ninth round, his back finally touched the ropes, and immediately Usyk clinched them. They they spun out, got back to the middle of the ring. So he has to make sure that Uzi's back touches ropes multiple times. He has to get close in because with Joshua it's weird because usually a fighter of his size at six six with an eight two inch reach, yeah. usually those guys are good at jabs and straights. That's usually what their go to is. Yeah. But with Joshua, what makes him special is that he can throw hooks and uppercuts, very fluid, unlike people of his size. Uh-huh. Right. His most famous punch is the uppercut he landed on Vladimir Klitschko. Right. So when you think about that, that's what he has to do. He has to get on the inside, throw hooks, throw uppercuts, and try to catch Usyk that way. If he catches Usyk with one of those mean hooks or mean uppercuts, he could knock him out because he does have special power like that. But the thing is, Usyk Usyk can also catch him, like you're saying. And Joshua does have a suspect chin, but he has to take those chances. He has to go in and have no fear. And one thing I did like about the pre-fight to this, Joshua hasn't been as friendly. In the first fight he was very very friendly with yeah, first
3: fight. and right.
0: Right. yeah he was very friendly going in and this fight has been very different you know he's been talking about how he grew up watching gangsters and all this <laughs> different stuff so <laughs> so for me I'm like okay I can see what your what your mindset is going into this one So hopefully he follows through on that and tries to bully Usyk but if he goes in trying to outbox Usyk again he's going to lose for sure
3: all right, so David, David on Twitter, that's at uh, dada uh, say Usyk by late stoppage. Um, I don't think Usyk. Well, you know what? It goes. To, it's wild because I right, could see it. I could see. You know why I could see it because you, you know what? You, you 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 talked about the first fight, and there was a couple of times Usyk almost had Joshua, like he almost had him, like he stumbled yeah. a couple. Because that that's chin, tough for sure. yeah, that chin is like ah, uh, that chin is terrible. And I, again, I'm Nigerian, and Joshua was like Nigerian too, so it's like ah, uh, but his chin is terrible. Like, you know, it's terrible. So yeah. I could see that. I could definitely see that happening. So I mean, this is my next question for you then. What would a loss do to Anthony Joshua's boxing career?
0: Uh, honestly, a loss, it doesn't really damage him because okay. we know Usyk's a better boxer.
3: Gotcha. you. Okay. So
0: it would just be like, okay, we know Usyk's better than him. He can move on and maybe fight the winner of Deontay Wilder and uh, Robert Helanus, who okay. are fighting in October. Yeah. Because uh, people would still want to see Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder fight. Yeah, uh, so maybe he could, he could go in that direction. Uh, maybe another Andrew Ruiz fight. Andrew Reeves comes in in shape. That could be a, a good fight to have a trilogy there. So there's still fights that he can go to and have. Uh, but then the Tyson Fury fight, I think, will be out of the question. Yeah. That's the one. That's where it would be mostly affected. Because if people forget, he was supposed to fight Tyson Fury. It got pushed back because yeah. of negotiations. And he ended up taking on Usyk because of that. And I remember when he took, when that fight got announced, I was like, he's uh, not gonna fight Fury now. He's gonna lose to Ustick. Me
3: too, see, look. <laughs> and, damn, we're we the same way, man. I was like, damn, we go, this, is, this is the wrong fight. I, told, I remember saying that. I was like, damn, you gonna take this fight? You better, on, in my mind, I was yeah. like, better off taking Fury, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. I
0: think, honestly, his style is better for Fury. Yeah, it is. Like, man. in earlier earlier you said that you know, you'd like Ustick over Fury. I think Usyk is more skilled than Fury, but Fury is just so big. big. I know.
3: That's a big I don't know. It, yeah,
0: I don't know if Usyk could beat Fury just because of the size difference. Yeah, uh, because, I think it'll be some Fury's though. gonna come in six nine. Yeah, he'll get us a round I for sure. But I he'll come round. in at six nine two seventy. It's but gonna see, be it's gonna be crazy to watch that fight. But
3: you know what? I don't like you know, like to me. I'm a firm believer in iron sharpens iron, right? So the individuals yeah. that Fury got to beat up on, like he got to beat, and no knock, I I even told folks like I expected. Wilder Fury in fight 1 like one I even expected Wilder to win that fight so what happened when 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 it was a draw but really Fury dominated that fight um then the yeah, other fights you could kind of could see like the skill is so much different but then you're fighting dudes who are similar in terms of not as skilled in like, like their power they got power but they're not as skilled right and the heavyweight heavyweight division isn't like the most talented division out there right it really isn't like it's not the most talented division so i'm like you don't. It's hard for me to say how good we know. I know Fury is really is, is one of the best boxers. You know, period. I'm not. I'm not going to throw any shade at him. I think he's one of the best boxers. Period. But we haven't seen him with a with a surgeon in the ring. Like we haven't seen that. Like he's a yeah. surgeon in his own way. We haven't seen him with a surgeon and how he how is he going to respond to a surgeon? We've seen how he responds to punchers. Yeah, how he fights punchers, yeah. which is totally different. But how you how do you respond to a surgeon? It's like, for instance. If you told me initially, I remember, like, when Canelo fought Mayweather, and I was like, "He's old Mayweather, he's fighting Canelo? Canelo was a savage. He's a Terminator. Like, I know he wasn't as skilled jet, but he's still a Terminator. With that strength, Floyd ain't had no chance. I said, Floyd don't got a chance. This is a young, young lion. Floyd was the surgeon. You know what I'm saying? So the surgeon yeah. took him apart. So I don't know. Like, I'm with you. The size does matter and the power. But I'm like, we haven't seen him with a surgeon, though. You know what I'm saying?
0: No, I definitely hear you. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I think you would have a good chance. Mm -hmm. But it's just the size difference in heavyweight is so crazy. I've been saying this for years. I think there should be a weight limit in heavyweight. I agree. Like, it's so nuts that Fury came in at 270 against Wilder, who Wilder at the biggest is 230. Yep. Like, that was – it is so nuts. And don't get me wrong. Fury is better than Wilder. He's way more skilled. Wilder is a one-trick pony. Yeah. Yeah, But – that size difference matters. There's a reason why you don't have bantam weights fighting middleweight. Facts. Cause the 40 pound difference matters. Yep. Uh, so I don't understand why we get the heavyweight just act like weight doesn't matter at all. Uh, so there definitely should be a weight limit and Fury because of that size. It'll be very interesting but I would have to take Fury just because of the size difference, and he has skill. Yeah. So it's yeah. not like with other heavyweights that are bigger but don't have the skill.
3: Yeah, he has skill. So that's why I would take Fury. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he does. Yeah. He definitely has skill. Uh, you're listening to the Urban Sports Scene, part of Ampire Media at Ampiremedia.com. Right now, I'm chatting with host of the Real Deal with D- Damian Adams and co-host of the Third and Three Podcast, Damian, Mister Damian Adams. All right, Damian. Now, junior weight. Junior Smith Jr. welterweight Teofima Lopez rebounded from his first pro defeat with the se- seventh round TKO over Pedro Campa on Saturday in, Lo- in Vegas. What were your thoughts on Lopez's performance?
0: Uh, it was what he was supposed to do. You know, it's one of those moments where it's the Chris Rock joke, but you want a cookie. Like, this is what <laughs> <laughs> he was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this, is, uh, this
0: is what he was supposed to do, right? Uh, like, this was a comeback performance. It was an introduction to 140. Uh, and Pedro Campa is a tough guy, but nowhere near the skill level of yeah. Pesquimau Lopez. So Lopez looked sharp. He looked like he was supposed to look in this fight. He looks like he's mentally there. I know that's one thing that he was going through his mental issues, yeah. that he was going through personal issues with, you know, going through divorce with his wife and all those different things. And also he had health issues going into the George Campbells' fight. So he looked healthy look good to go but it's something where you can't go too far with the you know the praise because it was pedro Campa who a lot of us didn't hear of before this fight so for him it's like okay you did what you're supposed to do he did a little showboat and he made it entertaining for what it was but it was his showcase fight at 140 and now the next one should be somebody who should be a real test all
3: right then who who should be his next dude like who should he fight next
0: So it depends on what he really wants to do. So if he wants to have a next fight where it could be maybe pay-per-view, it's Ryan Garcia, right? Ryan Garcia is now at 140. Uh, Oscar De La Hoya was at the fight. So maybe Oscar and uh, Top Rank were doing some talks and they were trying to set up something because the rumors is that Ryan Garcia and Tank aren't happening, right? The talks aren't going well. So Ryan Garcia is going to look in a different direction. Maybe Jason Lopez is that different direction. And that's a big money fight right there, right? Because Ryan Garcia is a huge social media star, becoming bigger and bigger as far as boxing. Tiffalo Lopez already has a big name. I think that could be a pay-per-view fight for ESPN or the zone, depending on where they want to put it. If you want to make the money, you go with Ryan Garcia. But that doesn't lead directly to a title belt. Now, he yelled out Josh Taylor after the fight, he's not going to get Josh Taylor right away. He's not going to skip the line like that. There's a lot of talent there at 140. So if he really wants a title shot, he just take on Regis Progray. Uh, Regis Progray, former champion at 140, his only loss is to Josh Taylor. Uh, He's somebody who, if you beat Regis Progray, Josh Taylor or whoever the champion is, is next for you. Because Regis Progray is the number one ranked contender for most uh, sanctioned bodies at 140. So if he wants a title shot right away, you fight Regis Progray. If you want the money, you take on Ryan Garcia, and then you'll have maybe a Regis Progray or a Jose Ramirez next year before you get a title shot.
3: I think this person's a joker, but on a, fa- on a in a Facebook group that we're in, it says knowledgeable boxer fan uh, said Cambosa. I mean Dane Gilbert saying Cambosa. <laughs> I, <don't think, laughs> yeah, I don't want to see him fight against Cambosa. I, I don't need to see. Uh, I know he needs to get his, uh, like a rematch and kind of revenge the loss, but I think we do think that you know if Tiafoe has, has his head straight. He can he can get Camposas out of there. Um, but um Yeah. I'm like his next fight. I am one, I think Ryan Garcia and Tank needs that need to happen. I'm gonna go back. It needs to happen. Um it needs to happen. Like to me, that's a they need to work that out. <laughs> like that needs to happen because it's the perfect fight. It's yeah. the perfect fight in terms of styles. Like two knockout yeah. dudes going at it. Like something about that, and they're young. Something about that works for me like that fight is re- and they're both like in terms of their own markets they're big names like one like you talking about the social media usage that ryan garcia is how, how he utilizes that and how it's making him a popular boxer regardless of if you think he's super skilled or not he has power he has skill uh, regardless of what you think the level of skill is he has he, he has skill um and then you got a uh, tank whose his stardom is growing right you can put two those put those two together. That's a special fight. I think sometimes people make things so complicated. That is a special fight um, that I think needs to happen. I wouldn't want shoot if I was Ryan Garcia, I wouldn't fight Tiofemo Lopez. I don't think that's a good I, that, that can hinder his stardom. Um, depending on what Tiofemo Lopez you get, right? Um, if you get a mo- motivated yeah. I'm I mean, this is my thing. If you get a motivated Fimo Lopez, none of them dudes can see him. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna keep it, I'm keeping the buck. Like none of them dudes can see him. Like, if you get the Tiafimo Lopez that was motivated against um, Lomachenko, even though I thought Lomachenko figured him out towards the end of the fight but it was too late, um, if you get that Tiafemo, them dudes ain't seeing him. Like, that's just my opinion. Them dudes ain't seeing Tiafimo Lopez. So I would if I'm Ryan Garcia, I would go for the mega fight, which style that works best for me in, in, in tank. And then take my chances with that before I go before I even test the waters with Tiafimo Lopez because he's obviously hungry after the Cambosas loss. Like that's keep he's he's hungry. Like that was a disappointing loss. Yeah. So with, when you hit rock bottom, you know what I'm saying? You know, all right, you don't want to be here no more. So now all, you're you're extra motivated. I don't know if you want to see that Tiafimo.
0: No, I definitely hear what you're saying. Tiafimo Lopez also has more size than mm-hmm. tank, and with Ryan Garcia because Ryan Garcia is so much taller in tank. Yes. He definitely would have an advantage, and Tank would have to come in. Yes. And that's what Ryan Garcia does well. It's when people have to come in and try to get through his punches is when he does well. Yep. So it would be very interesting to see if Tank could get on the inside against Ryan Garcia. Because Ryan Garcia go. doesn't okay. have – he probably could, yes. And Ryan Garcia doesn't have the best footwork or head yes. movement, right? Agreed. So that's where he could find himself in trouble against a Tank or a female because they can get on the inside. But against Tank, because he's so much longer than Tank, Tank would have to take some punishment to get on the inside. And maybe he knocks out Tank. Maybe he catches Tank with the right shot. Yeah. Uh, but against Teofimo, Teofimo being a naturally bigger fighter, Man. he'd get on the inside, probably going <laughs> to take those punches and get to that body. So I agree with you. Tank's the better match for Ryan Garcia. But if Tank's not working out as far as negotiation... Yeah, what are you going to do? And the, the, Yeah, that's the thing. You got to move on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And with Tank, I get so annoyed with the whole thing because... What's going on? Why are we not getting tank in bigger
3: fight? I agree, man. That's what I'm saying. Like this is that's that's (laughs) my thing. I know a lot of people think I be I hate on tank because I don't I like tank. I think tank is super skilled. But this happens a lot with tank. Like seriously. Like it gets to a point where they're like, oh, he said I want the fight. And I'm not saying tank doesn't want the fight. I'm not saying that I'm not putting it on tank. I'm not doing that but i'm your your management team bro like mayweather whoever like dude like it's time like you've been here enough roly wasn't worth it everybody yeah. knew roly wasn't roly was a talker but roly wasn't good like i'm not knock i'm not i don't yeah. want to be mean to roly like i don't want to but roly was in in terms in terms of prize fighters roly wasn't the one all right, Rolly wasn't the one. No, it, there was
0: no benefit. There was no benefit outside of the money he made for Tank to take that fight.
3: Yes. <laughs> Seriously. So Like it was
0: all it was all risk, no reward yeah. for that fight for Tank.
3: So I'm I'm I just wanna see I wanna see Tank fight just some like even when he fought um oh shoot. Uh the dude that was ducking Gary Russell Junior, um uh oh, Leo Santa Cruz. Yeah, Leo Santa Cruz, right? All right, Leo. Like even fighting Leo. Like that's a perfect fight for you. Like Leo got no power. Like it was a perfect fight for you. Like <laughs> I don't need yeah. that. Like I need a fight where yeah. you know that you're going to be able to, you're going to be in deep waters. Like it's you're you're now at a point where that's where you're supposed to be at. Like you're supposed to take fights that are in deep water. Like once you hit that name that like you're bring you bring folks to the you're, you're bringing folks to the arena, the stadium, whatever. You're bringing folks to that to the venue, it's time to take in the names now. That's like Bud Crawford fighting whoever, or fighting—I'm trying to think of an individual prior. Like not fighting the top dudes like a Porter or a Earl Spence. He's going—he's going left where there's obvious contenders that want to see you, and it, it can happen, right? Or like um, Earl, same thing. Like Earl's been fighting all the all the dogs, right? Even though some of them are obviously in his state and PVC stable, but he's been fighting all the dogs. But I'm just saying, like, yo, you, this is the opportunity. You have him here. Fight him. In your division, there's a plethora of young, good boxers that are darn near uh, top, of the, top of the tier in the pound-for-pound pound rankings. Fight somebody.
1: Yeah.
0: No, I'm definitely with you, man, because there's so many, like you said, so many fighters at 135 and 140. Yes. They're both stacked. So there's so many fighters he could have taken on. And I know that, you know, Mayweather doesn't really work with top rank. But something got to happen where you go get a him there or the zone. Like, there has to be something where he goes outside of PBC to get these fights, made. And the thing is, Tank has to be more vocal. Yes. Right? I know that it's on the promotion team, but he has to be more vocal and say, I want this. Like, yes. we mentioned Wilder yes. and Fury oh earlier. Oh, my God. Look how they, he, they were,
3: look how they made that happen. Look how they made
0: that happen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, they both wanted it. They yes. both were like, okay, we need a name to fight against. Let's make this happen. And they've made it happen. They, yeah. like, if there's enough money out there between a Garcia and Tank, you could split it down the middle. Yeah. Now I know Tank is the bigger name. He's going to be the A-side of the fight. He's going to want bigger splits. And that's fine. I get that. Uh-huh. But you should still be able to make it work. Even if it's 60-40, you should be able to make it work to where they can split it, have ESPN and the zone, share pay reviews, views whatever you want to do. But it should be makeable because when there's enough money on the line, it shouldn't be this hard. Same thing with
3: Errol spencer and Crawford. We keep saying it's damn near done. Yeah, man,
1: y'all
0: get this deal done.
3: Yeah, but, and go uh, ahead and get the fight. But at least <laughs> like, oh, you see yeah. effort. Like I know there's like the negotiating <laughs> stuff. But at least to me, you see more effort. I feel like you see more effort with those two, especially Bud. Like I'm not signing with Top Rank. I'm gonna do my own. Like there, you could tell Bud. Like you could tell Bud wants the fight. Like he wants the fight. Like he wants it. Now, mm-hmm. obviously, there's politics. You know what I mean? And I'm a an Earl dude. So I, I'm saying this because I, I do see that Bud wants to fight. So I'm not going to act like Bud do not want to fight. And, but I do think that like, like Earl and Bud, they got to get to a common ground. And I know ego plays a part too. Like, you got to understand who sells out venues. Just so you talk about Tank, who sells out venues, who makes more money? It's got to come to the right percentage yeah. of, a, you know, whatever. I mean, you got to, to me, this, there's, a, there's a simple deal to make it happen. Like Mike Tyson fighting Vander Holyfield, like, you know, I think fight one was where obviously Mike got most of the gate because Mike, it w- was the draw. But, like, it got to, like, I think the their, their other fight deal was, like, the winner takes most of the purse. I, I have to go back and remember. But you could do a, a do a a deal where the second fight, you know, after who, the, 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 depending on the winner of the first fight, the second fight, that winner is guaranteed a certain amount of the purse for the rematch if you do a two-fight deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's things you can do. If you're so confident, yeah. that if you're a bud, in and, and this situation, if you're – Tank Ryan Garcia. If you're so confident you're gonna beat the the man, then make it a two fight deal and say the first fight is a guarantee. Like the winner, the winner of that fight, the next fight they guarantee this amount of purse. All right, shoot, then you good. Just you know, just don't get don't get like hosed in terms of the first fight of negotiation. Like in terms of like not getting your like get close to your worth. You know what I'm saying? Close to your worth. But the second yeah. fight. You can make some wild number or whatever and take that deal if you're confident in your ability.
0: No, for sure. Like with Devin Haney. Devin Haney took less money because he knew, I'm going to embarrass George Campbell. Yes. So I'm going (laughs) to take less money now. And in the rematch, I'm going to go ahead and make that money on the back end, which he's going to make in October when they fight each other again. exactly. So if you're confident, take a little less money now. You'll make it up on the back end. And I understand it's dangerous to do that in boxing because anything can happen. But if you're that dude.
3: If you're that dude.
0: Take less money now.
3: Yeah. And get that money on the back end. You going um, look, man. Uh Mayweather beating De La Hoya did well for his career. It, yeah, after. exactly. Like he became Money Mayweather after that. So yep. I'm just saying, like, so if you beat that kind of <laughs> you beat a if you if, if Bud beats Earl or Vice versa, Bud beats Earl or vice versa, you're bigger. You're a bigger star. That alone to me yeah. should already be more of a a, a reward for you. Like, oh, I can now get to if I beat Bud, I can be in Mayweather level, like close to approaching that type of talk or that type of buzz. Not that you're gonna be there, but you know what I mean? Like I'm approaching yeah. pop culture. You know what I mean? Like same for Bud, and Vice. Exactly. If I beat Earl, I'm approaching not just being a guy that everybody in boxing circles know. I can be a guy that everybody knows in pop culture same thing for um yeah because the casual boy.
0: fans will casual fans will definitely come out for sure yep. for that fight and buy that fight and everything yeah and also if say errol spence or bud crawford they dominate against the other one right yeah so they dominate they become undisputed at 147 yeah and then they from there i think both of them probably looking to move up after that yeah you move up to 154 maybe you take on your Mel charlo you yes. have undisputed Man. versus undisputed like the possibilities of what you can do after that fight are endless
3: endless so, I'm just saying, like, there's no – you got to make the fight happen. Look at the long-term game. They're looking at the short-term game. A lot, of y'all, a lot of these dudes are looking at the a short-term game. Look at the long-term game. Yeah. Because if, if if folks were going this route, man, money, there would be no money made with it, man. <laughs> Oscar would have been like, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got to get your weight up in terms of – like, get your money up. Like, Oscar would have been like, get your, I'm not taking this fight. You got – you need mm-hmm. – I need more from you. <laughs> like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? To give him nah, that opportunity. And
0: that's, that's real. People – People don't give Oscar enough credit for taking that fight. He didn't have to take. He didn't have to take, take he that fight. fight.
3: He didn't have to take a fight at all. He yeah. did not. and he made. So we- he was the he was the yeah. bigger star. Big yeah, way bigger, bigger star draw at that time. Way, he's a pop culture draw. Mm-hmm. Way bigger draw. And Mayweather did good for himself in promoting himself during that whole that whole fight process. In like twenty, I think twenty four, he was. Um, he made that. He made it. Like he killed twenty four seven. Yeah. Uh, he killed it on HBO. But I'm just saying. But like you said, Oscar didn't have to give him that fight. He helped make he helped make Mayweather. You know what I'm saying? So, like, yeah. think about it like that. Like, if you make if you take this fight um, and you have a a classic or you know or uh, one of those fights that we all could be, we'll be talking about for ages, man. Look, that does crazy stuff to your whole resume and your whole your whole aura, your whole legacy, man. Yeah. So it's crazy, man. But hey, Not man. For sure. Thanks for being on. I appreciate you. Before I let you go. Tell our, tell our listeners about the pod, like your multiple pods, because you know you got a whole, you got you got a couple of them, and you know, how they can catch you on social media.
0: Oh man, thank you again for having me on. I definitely appreciate it. I definitely got to get you on my podcast soon. We'll Anytime. talk some boxing, Anytime, talk some man. football for sure. Anytime, man. <laughs> um, and so you can find me on social media at the Real Deal WDA. That's the Real Deal W as in whiskey, D as in Delta, A as in Alpha. If you follow me on social media, man, you'll get constant videos, constant content. I'm either dropping something about football, basketball, boxing all the time. Uh, My podcast is called The Real Deal with Damian Adams. On that podcast, we talk about the NFL, NBA, and boxing. We have music breaks. It's a good time, man. We'll touch on some serious topics when it needs to be, but it's always a good time on that show. Uh, The 33 podcast is a football-based podcast. It's all NFL, but me and my co-hosts will go each and everywhere. Uh, we have a good time. You're gonna get some laughs. You're gonna get some knowledge. So please check out both of those podcasts: The Real Deal with Damian Adams and The Third and Three Podcast. I know it's a lot to remember. So if you can't remember, just follow me, and you'll get access. Yeah. At the real deal, WDA on all social media platforms.
3: But you know what's a blessing about you know pod you know podcasts and on your phone they can just rewind go right back. They gotta take their time. Some people get lazy. Just rewind, <laughs> rewind, rewind. It's not it's not hard. You know what I mean. But it also for follow sure. follow a man, Damien. You follow him, that's that's even easier, obviously. But you know you can rewind, go back. Just saying. We we, we don't want to be a lazy culture. We, we, can, we, can be, we don't have to be lazy. <laughs> hey, Damien, thanks for being on, man. I appreciate you, homie. <laughs> I uh, appreciate you too, man. Right. Have a good one. I have a good one. All right, man. Again, man, that's Damien. Make sure you follow Damien on Twitter. That's at The Real Deal WDA. Again, at The Real D A. Let me say it again. At The Real Deal WDA. Hey, man, this has been a dope show. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, follow us on Twitter at Urban Sports Scene, IG at Urban Sports Scene, and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Again, don't forget uh, to subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. Check out the home. Of the urban sports scene, Ampire Media at AmpireMedia.com, and this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Ampire shows as well as other great content. Hey, this has been a dope show. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. Hopefully, we'll have the homies Ray Jeezy and Wilty back next week. Then we, you know, but then the family's all back together. You know, we then we can do the darn thing. But for now. You've been listening to the Urban Sports Sign for ages. You dig deuces a mega. Lead us out, big homie.